It's WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kearset. NHTalkRadio.com to get all our episodes on demand. All my interviews I do here on WKXL in the morning and the New England Take are available on the website, so please be sure to check that out. Excited to be joined this week again by editor Jeff Feingold of the New Hampshire Business Review. Welcome back. It's been a couple months. I know. Great to see you, AJ. Long time no see. It has been. So on the onset, I just want to give a quick plug to for people to check out the homepage of NHBR.com. Uh, you always post all sorts of events that uh, people people get on there to working with you or you guys host yourselves. So uh, please be sure to check out NHBR.com for all the articles as well as these uh, exciting events that they host there. That'd be great. Also, if I could just say, we're doing our, our annual Bob Awards voting, which is the best of business awards in about 80-something categories. You know, to pick your favorite, you know, restaurant that you like to take a, a client to, or the, you know, best business lunch, or uh, who's the best accounting firm, law firms in various categories, and the voting's going on right now on the website as well. So, if people want to check that out, they're more than they uh, will be more than happy to take awesome. their ballots. All right, so we got a couple articles here I want to talk about that revolve around energy in the state. And let's start off with, uh, it looks like Unitil is seeking permission to build a 5-megawatt solar array in Kingston. Uh, that's pretty darn big, it seems like, on the face of it. It's very big, and actually, uh, it's one of the biggest, or the biggest proposed in, a lot, in many years. Is there's, There are larger ones in the pipeline, but this one is apparently, because it's land that is uh, apparently been approved and it's it's right near a tr- it's right near a substation of theirs so there's the connection cost so there's not going to be that much of a connection cost or a connection thing going through they have a lot they have a lot of uh their approvals and because it's going to be not exactly five megawatts but it's going to be 4.99 or something it's under the state law so they don't have to go through the site evaluation committee process which i i don't know if you've talked about this on your sh- on the show but uh it's a process that involves it's it's could, could be a very long drawn out process they've tried streamlining it over the years but that's a major step they don't have to go through so it's it's pretty much a done deal it's, but they have to get you know the pc's got to approve it consumer advocate don price has has said he thinks it might be a good idea but he's, he just thinks it might be like a kind of a nose in the camel's tent type thing because i don't know if mo- all your listeners remember this but in the 90s new hampshire had this restructuring law passed for utilities basically saying utilities can no longer generate power, they can only distribute power, which is why now you have this whole system where they, you know, PSNH doesn't own any generating facilities, Unitil doesn't, but Unitil is proposing to op- to own this and generate power from it. And it, it's, be, it's, you know, because it's gonna be, it's gonna be solar, it's gonna be renewable. It's got, they get, it'll be, it's also because it's renewable, it'll get some more kinds of credits from the, from the, Inflation Reduction Act, I think it might be ARPA, but one one of those two. Yeah. And uh, but but you know, Don Christ was saying, well, this is not the idea was for them not to generate power, but he said it's you know it's not a bad idea, but he's going to look at the details. That could be it, just it's like over time, politicians are going to have to change the way they structure things like that if they want to encourage these these exactly. companies to start producing more electricity. I mean, how many other companies other than Unitel would have the resources to be able to put something like this yeah. or the will? Yeah, yeah. New Hampshire Electric Cooperative has has one actually, like a two megawatt one somewhere. And Eversource, as far as I know, it doesn't have any in New Hampshire. 
And the interesting thing was the two largest ones, which are you know major projects in uh, Southern New Hampshire, would are proposed by Next Era Energy, which is the owner of Seabrook Station. They, they're proposing a 50 megawatt one, and in Seabrook, and uh, I think it's in Hinsdale, and they had proposed another another 50 watt one in Fitzwilliam that got turned down by the town. But uh, that, those are major, major projects. That goes through site evaluation. <laughs> but uh, having, uh, having a utility do it, and, and the other, the other interesting about, thing about this project is it's not going to be, the power generator will be used by Unitil. It will not be going on to the, you know, the, the regional electric grid. So it can, it's not going to go to Massachusetts, not going to go to Maine, not going to go to Connecticut or whatever. It's going to stay in New Hampshire. Which that means it's a, that's a good thing in terms of New Hampshire power being more uh, renewable energy based. Here's my big question when it comes to this, and I don't know if if you're able to answer this or not, but there's been tremendous confusion and state to state variation with regards to how that solar energy is actually utilized by the uh, electric companies. I mean, is this energy just going to be put into the grid, or is this something specific? No, that, that's what I'm saying. It's it is not, entirely it's gonna be, okay. It's going to be in New Hampshire. It's New Hampshire. Uh, energy. It's not like Seabrook, since you know it's all its power. Where you buy specifically into taking energy from Seabrook. It's if you buy energy from Unitil, you're going to get. That's basically well, that, part that, of what that you get. energy is that that five megawatts. I don't know about the other stuff they get, but you know that's was the big argument against Northern Pass. Mm-hmm. Do we remember? You know that was the big hydro project. You know coming from Hydro Quebec, and almost all of that energy was going to go through New Hampshire, but all over New England and the Northeast. But that's not what this is about at all. This is going to be yeah. New Hampshire and provide energy to be go to New Hampshire customers. And so it's kind of terrible about what's going on with some of the main uh, state of Maine's solar panels they're having put in is you have to specifically buy in separately at a tremendously more expensive rate if you want to take in, utilize that solar electricity up there. When I drive up through the Augusta area where my family is, it's just full of solar panels. Every field they can get a hold of, it's... At first, I thought, oh, it's kind of neat. And then the more I look at it, it's like, oh, these are the ugliest damn things I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And the, everywhere you look is just solar panels reflecting everywhere. And you, they don't even get to use it unless they they dump in extra money. Yeah, that's really that's, – that's, that seems self-defeating. You know, yeah. an interesting thing is we had a related story that, that I had on our weekly news browser – on our daily news browser – about uh, the town of Bristol is thinking of giving, they want, they want to maybe provide a property tax exemption to people who put have roof, rooftop solar because there are other <laughs> communities in the state that are doing it already. And I think that's that's kind of an interesting thing. They said it's not going to affect their budget, you know, their revenues that much, but it's an incentive for for people to put rooftop solar on their, on their houses. You know, they get a little bit off their property taxes and they, uh, you know, they're obviously benefiting the community, you know, or the, the community at large by doing it. Yeah, Bristol enjoys playing the guinea pig for the state with such projects yeah, like their fiber internet and such. I had their I town manager it. on last year. Yeah, Nick Coates was no longer there. He's he's left, but you know, he, he's you know that's they they're really like at the cutting edge right now. So continuing talking about uh, Unitil, it looks like they're going to be decoupling their earnings for the third quarter, so separating out their uh, energy sales from the rest of the company. I di- you did a better job. I'm just going to let you explain it like you did to me right before. <laughs> what is they they announced this in their in their their earnings for the last for the third quarter? 
that it, which is always there, you know, it's always the pretty much the weakest quarter that they have is because it's the summertime for the most part. But they, they, for the first time, they decoupled their earnings, which basically means it's, it's, it's an incentive for utilities to just meet revenue goals as opposed to just selling power. It's not just it's not just uh, the revenue they get from the power. That's not that's not what they're going to be aiming for. What they do is decouple that sold the sold power from the actual money they're generating, which is more like an incentive for like energy efficiency and for for doing other things, promoting energy efficiency and, and other ways of uh, of just being more uh, conscious of of the energy that they're using that that's they're generating that pe- that their own customers are using it's kind of interesting uh i know they they've already been doing this in massachusetts with their they have a fitzburg subsidiary and they've been doing that already so now most of the company is because they also do gas they do natural gas most of the company now well not most but a lot of the company is going to be uh, decoupled but i think maine doesn't allow it yet or hasn't it's an incentive in new hampshire and I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. I'm, I don't want to speak out of ignorance. I don't know where uh, where um, Ephesus stands on this. What what their rules are because they're you know massive. They're Connecticut, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, everywhere. They're everywhere. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, at some point they're going to have to do it too, or they, or they may be doing it in certain places. Yeah, it's an interesting way to 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 address it because ultimately, if it, from a corporate perspective, if they're not able to. Uh, to be a fit to to be uh, revenue positive in some way, even though there's all this craziness going on with the economy, it could be a real problem. And there's not many providers here in the state where you, that can do these sorts of things. Yeah, because also you know when you, when you think about it, the, the, they're generating huge amounts of money right now with these rate hikes they're getting. You know, we're talking about 70 percent rate hikes, and that's not the goal. Is not to say, well, just keep raising your rates. That's not it's not the goal of this. But that's also obviously the goal. The, the rates should come down when energy prices become more stable inflation settles down and energy prices become more stable but right now it's not good i mean it's it's like opening up your electric bill is not a pleasant experience nowadays or checking you know your email to see what the bill is you know yeah, I, I'm waiting for my first one where the, where the rates went up. I I bought in at a at like the perfect time, but unfortunately ended at the worst time. So my uh, my, be sure to check out your supplier rates if you haven't, and uh, make sure you're you're getting the best deal you can. It's it's a mess right now though. Yeah, absolutely is absolutely, and it's you know it's going to keep like this for a while. You know, it the, the, I have read things about how it might be a mild winter, which is probably a good thing at least for people who use it, you know, electricity for heat or, well, even just, even if you have, if you have a house with, you need a furnace, yeah, you know, that thing's kicking on in a cold weather constantly. I, you know, I owned a house for many years and had that, but uh, it's, it, you know, maybe if it's a mild winter, it might not be as painful, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully this will also, we talked about solar already. I mean, hopefully this helps increase their, their ability to look into other methods of getting electricity, whether it's importing, whether it's solar, uh, hydro or anything like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I got the feeling this is going to fill up the rest of the time. I have much opinions about such things. It looks like Fidelity is offering a fully paid benefit to employees for, uh, for college, which is, that's big. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's and it's really it's a way of also recruiting people to work because over the last couple of years, Fidelity has hired 
thousands of new uh, new employees because they've just been going crazy with uh, you know they're, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, multi multi billion dollar company, uh, and uh, they have one of the largest employees in New Hampshire. This is a big deal. And what they're doing is they they want to offer a fully funded uh, college education to their customer service reps, which is a, I believe. I, I believe it's the bulk of their employees, or it's at least a large uh, cohort of employees. You know, we're talking probably several thousand people at least. And it's it's in, it, it, the thing is, you know, there's a, there's a couple of uh, high, you know things that that they have to meet, and that's like it's got to be in a certain field. It can't just be, you know, I, I just want to get a degree in art or whatever. No offense, people who had art degrees, but this is not what they're interested in. They want to have people looking at you know careers that are related to a finance and investment and things like that. But it's really, it's really a, it's, and and they're doing this specifically to try to help recruit people because they're still hiring and still look, you know, they still uh, want to maintain the people they've hired. Because as we know, you know, you know, we, it is, apparently there's going to be a recession. That's what everybody's saying. But, you know, Fidelity apparently is not uh, concerned about that. They're still hiring. They're still, uh, and they're also looking to main, keep their employees. Yeah. It seems like this would be a great way to kind of combat the, especially the millennial movement of work somewhere for one to three years and move yeah. on for the next great, latest, greatest thing. If, if, if you have a, a company that you work for that offered you this enormous benefit, I mean, it kind of helps breed a bit of loyalty to the company and hopefully it make you want to invest a longer portion of your career yeah. there. Plus, plus, you know, plus, you know, once you get your degree, it puts you on a career track that's beyond being a customer service rep. You know, I mean, obviously, and Fidelity is such a big company. I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, you know, jobs that you could be promoted to. So, I mean, I think they're looking at it that way. And I, and I do, and I, 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 I really do believe that this is a trend that we're starting to see. We're not seeing it in, in some of the big tech companies who are just firing people willy-nilly, like Twitter and Facebook. But I think a lot of companies are not... Even even as the economy turns south, there are going to be people who companies who want to keep their employees as long as possible without laying them off because they realized how hard it was to recruit employees during the pandemic. And I think that that's that was like kind of a wake up call. Like we we our employees are important, and we don't want to go through that the hell of trying to start all over again. So I think that this is one of the strategies of fidelity. Saying so we want our employees to be happy. We don't want them going anywhere. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying they're never going to do layoffs, but you know, but I think that that's really what the thought is. From a business ethics perspective, I really appreciate it. I like I, it's very. I'm very open. Like higher education has been my career for the last 12 years. Yeah. It, that, that that's that's why I, where I work. I have a problem with all these companies requiring a college degree for something like a customer service job where you're answering phones and doing this and there's no incentive for and you're just you're essentially screwing over these entry level employees with this tremendous college debt with this entry level salary that is almost impossible to pay off and forces yes. so many families to have to have both both partners working when that was not the norm previously before this partially because of this partially because the disaster that was 2008. Um, but it, I love this from an ethics perspective. Ellie is, you know, it's a pretty progressive company when it comes to employee relations. They've always been, 
you know, I've been to that campus several times and it's really impressive. They, the interesting thing is there's not as many people at the campus anymore because a lot of those, a lot of the employees work remotely, but uh, I do think that that's a, you know, that's a really important, I think that's a really big strategy that other companies will be following is doing their best to keep their employees, even if there's a downturn. If there's a significant downturn, that's something else. I, you know, I'm talking about, but if it's like, uh, you know, a, a recession that lasts, you know, a couple of quarters or, you know, just slow, slow growth for, for several quarters, I still think that that's something that a company might, in most cases, will want to just kind of weather it with their employees as opposed to the previous way of just getting rid of every, you know, as many people as possible. And a company that has a huge work from home workforce is perfect for this because you can do there's so many programs out there that are hybrid or online. And yeah. if you're not having to to bolt from Boston to wherever you happen to live to, to make it for class or to Boston to make it to class exactly. it is huge. Exactly. And also, this is good. You know, and the thing is that and this, you know, you do your schooling probably for the most part will be online. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Out. <laughs> just stay just stay in your underwear or pajamas and just work all day and go to class and everything <laughs> we have a bunch of hobo looking people looking for interviews in a couple of years oh god oh no what have we created uh, are you are you seeing any trends of companies kind of backing off from the the college degree required for the more entry-level jobs or is it basically still continuing like well i know i think actually you know the pandemic has you know with the with the, with the workforce shortage i think companies are more than happy to train people who are show the ability to to do the job uh, and, uh, you know, then do things like, you know, Fidelity. There's still a lot of companies that help, you You know, will train you, will we'll help you further your education, will pay for, you know, for what, if you, the certificate you need or for a degree if you need it. If you're a good employee, if you show, if you're showing like you have, uh, you know, ability and intelligence to do it. And that's, I think that's the way it should be anyway. I mean, I really do. I mean, it's not, it, I, I don't think it's, uh, most of these jobs are not necessarily rocket science where you need to have a PhD in something, you know? And I noticed also, I heard the president talking about uh, all these chip uh, factories are being built around the country. And he was saying that, you know, they pay in like $120,000 a year and you don't need a, you don't need a college degree because it's a, it's a, it's a skilled job, but it's not a job that requires College education it try it, it requires training, specialized training, which is a bit different animal. And these companies are hiring thousands of people for doing it. I mean, it's really it really is pretty amazing that the United States is becoming a big manufacturer again. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Automation is helping that. Robotics really advancing to an amazing degree is helping, and just the industries are shifting. We're going to need more electric vehicles, electric devices, and it's something we can do in house. And we're a little more weary of China's ability to manufacture. Concerning just this week, there was talking about more lockdowns going on, and uh, I can't remember the name of the the district, but uh, their COVID zero. Uh, solution is not a great solution. It's going to be hurting them in the long term. All right. Well, China, I, yeah, absolutely. I started a whole other tangent, but we're out of time, unfortunately. Apple, Apple got, is being hurt by that very badly with their new iPhone. They can't, oh, yeah. they can't make them now in China. It's going to be rough. Well, we'll, have to, we'll have to have you back on next month to talk about what's, what the latest <laughs> is with all this expansion. Jeff Feingold of the New Hampshire Business Review. Thank you so much for joining me. It was great talking with you, AJ. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. NHBR.com to get more from them and NHTalkRadio.com to get more from me. This is WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirsted. We'll be right back.